Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Hello there, it's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die and Combat, and another band soon to be announced. And uh, with me this week, as always, we were going to do that. And uh, yeah, I'm back home. And Ian's still, still over there. Yes. I'm sober, he's uh, drunk. But, um, we got a show for you this time. Uh, we're going to talk about the Scorps, and we got a couple other things to talk about. I got some things to talk about, too. I know Ian does, but I guess, uh, what do you want to do? Talk about stuff or go into the news and then talk about stuff? Let's talk about some stuff, and then we'll do the news. All right, go for it. All right. Uh, well, first of all, man, I just want to say what a great time I had. You know, hanging with you in my fine city, and uh, man, what what a blast! It was, uh, you know, a short visit, but man, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it was awesome seeing you happy because I was there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but anyway, I got a funny story. Do you want to tell your story first, or no? Go ahead, go ahead, tell yours. I haven't told you this. This happened when I was at the airport, going home. Funniest thing. Um, this guy comes up to me while we're uh, entering the the airplane. You told me this. Did it's I a great story. Yeah, great story, though. Okay. And uh, he told me that uh, he uh, fell asleep. He came all the way from Costa Rica to see Rush. And when he was inside the arena, he fell asleep before the show started. And he woke up when the show ended. <laughs> and I was like, how is that possible? How can you sleep? I mean, you must have been one tired motherfucker. Now I've seen some people pass the fuck out in like in and in drug comas. I mean, shit, that happened. To maybe me. that was, you know, I didn't ask him. You know, maybe he was drunk. Yeah, I, I I have seen that happen, man, and it been you there. Know, that would make sense because you know to sleep through three hours and a half. Yeah. And not wake up once. He must have been on some an alcoholic coma. And that was a loud fucking concert, too. Yeah, it was loud, it was long, and the crowd was loud, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, the people right next to you are screaming. Yeah. And, uh, but then, like, an- another funny thing happened. We boarded the plane, and I went to go sit in my seat, and there was this black girl next to me, because uh, here in Miami Beach, they have this urban festival. I know she was on her way to urban. She said to me, Look, uh, I don't know if you mind or not, but my friend who's sitting over there, she's never been on a plane before. She's afraid. Would you mind trading seats with her? And, you know, I had an aisle seat. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'll, I'll go change seats with her. So I go to change seats, and who, who's sitting next to me? The, the guy from Costa Rica. <laughs> now, did he fall asleep while you were sitting, while he was sitting next to you? I don't know. I did. <laughs> I would. Oh, I, I bet. I he bet. actually was. He actually. We, we talked for a while, and then he said he was studying to be a, a chef, and he had a book there. And I said, oh, "Go ahead, dude, study away." And I put on my iPod and went to sleep, man. And you know, it's only like an hour and it's like a seventy-minute trip to, from Miami to New Orleans. Yeah. Well, I, before we get to the news, I got an amazing announcement. This is a first for the podcast. We have our first rock and metal combat baby was born today. Oh, did, the, they, did they name him uh, 
uh, Ralph Vieira? Yeah, I wish. Uh, no, his name is Jack. Jack Schwartz. And he was born to our own Jimmy James Schwartz and his beautiful wife, Sarah. Congratulations, uh, Jimmy oh, James. Oh, man. For, uh, they, they live in Mishawaka. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm pretty good with my Indian names. Mishawaka, Indiana. He's originally from South Bend. Uh, Jim, Jimmy uh, Schwartz is a former fan of the week. Real cool dude, man. We've talked before. Uh, super nice. And, uh, you know, here's an amazing story. This is, man, what this podcast does. Um, they've been trying for years in vain to have a child. And uh, and his wife was just never in the mood. You, you know, you know, it's kind of hard to have a kid if you're not doing it. And he, whatever he did, you know, he tried, you know, the, you know, some Bill Cosby sauce in her drink. You know, she would just never get excited. Then he started listening to the podcast, and he had his wife listen to it. Oh. You know, and the funny thing is, uh, you know, uh, as we're recording this, you know, uh, if you if you go back in time, the podcast has been going for about nine, ten months. Ah, yeah, fun. Yeah, I think not. Hmm. I think not. And he was there since the beginning. You know, plays it for his wife. It's a little aphrodisiac. And the next thing you know, they have a child. And a masculine child at that. Yeah, I was about to say, may your son be strong and masculine. (laughs) But uh, welcome to the world, Jack Schwartz. Uh, Boy, you're going to laugh when you hear about this and hear about how your mom was never horny until she heard our show. Uh, Yeah, I told him, you know, he can't play this for his son until he's at least like, you know, five. Also, I would like to say to our listeners, because I love you all so much. If you have the same problem that he had, where your wife's not in the mood, uh, just call me. I'll go and I'll knock her <laughs> up. You raise my kid. My kid will be awesome. My kid would be raised great by you, the listener. Not by me. I'm a mess. I will never raise. I, I can never raise. But let me tell you something. It'll be adorable. Because, <laughs> because the kid will look more like your wife than me. So you know it's going to be an attractive kid. Now, unless you got an ugly wife, don't even bother to ask me. Yeah. Well, well, Jimmy's lucky. He's got a hot wife. He's got a hot... I don't know how the hell he got a hot wife. Jimmy must make a lot of money. That's too bad I wasn't in Indiana. <laughs> but in all seriousness, congratulations. Our first Rock and Metal Combat podcast, baby. And uh, oh, we're yeah. very proud. And, 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 and he knows. He, he, he shoots. He, his load is masculine, bro. He had a boy. <laughs> yeah, That's yes. a man. That's right. That's right. That's why I had one and done. You know. <laughs> I had a bunch of girls. Oh, uh, yeah. Figures. Anyway, because I don't stick around to raise them. I'm not a man. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, congratulations. Uh, you know, hope Mama's doing good. And uh, let's get into the news, shall we? All right. What's up with the news? Armored Saints' new album is available for streaming. Oh really? And uh, yeah, th- this is this is new. This just happened in the last couple minutes. I didn't see this earlier today, and uh, I want to check that out. The first song I heard, I was kind of eh, and the second song I heard, I really dug. But uh, man, I'm a huge fucking John Bush fan, and I'm sure no matter what, it's going to grow on me. I even like La Rasa, which a lot of people don't like. Uh, our friend Joe from uh, the Joe and Gully show, I don't know how, but he heard this uh, album a couple months or about a couple weeks ago. He said he loved it. He, he, he said, uh, uh, he said, he goes, parts of it are like La Rasa, but it's like La Rasa on steroids. He goes, he thinks that, like, older fans and newer fans will love this Man, album. those two songs I heard sound nothing like La Rasa. So, I'm, I'm going to definitely check it out. Hey, hey, uh, I want to give a little plug to the Joe and Gully show. They're actually interviewing my guitar player, Ryan. Yes. Yeah. Who's, who's also in 
uh, uh, Solstice and Combat and Fresh Die. And I want to also give a big congratulations to my boys in Solstice because they just played the Maryland Death Fest and they went over incredibly well. They got a kick-ass slot. They went, they went on uh, like at 8 o'clock. And I saw video footage. People went apeshit. Thousands of people moshing. They got all these pictures. Man, I envy those motherfuckers, man. That should have been me up on that stage. But uh, other than that, man, I'm very proud. Uh, the kid's only 16 years old, man. Oh, no, no, wait, wait. He just turned 18. He joined my band at 16. Now he's 18 years old. But, man, the kid is incredible. He fronts uh, Solstice. Check him out, man. Ryan Taylor, he has... I want everybody to check out his original band, which I am very pissed off they're not around anymore. And I want him... You know, he keeps telling me they're going to get back. They're called Atomic. A-T-O-M-I-K. And the name of the song is called Zodiac. Check that shit out. Look how talented this fucking... Everybody in that band are teenagers. They're little kids. And they thrash like a motherfucker. And I discovered them. You know, when we played a show... I went to a show and I saw Atomic. And they loved Thrash or Die. And they were like in awe of me. And I was like, the fuck, dude? You guys fucking rule, you know? And uh, now he's... Now, you know? I mean, uh, he is... He, he has seen him many times when we do the podcast. Oh, he, yeah. He's he, laying in the couch in the background. Yeah, it's hilarious. He, he, I have him crash. I'm kind of like his dad. He stays at my house like twice he, a week. You know, I'm not, uh, he sent me a friend request, and I was so happy. You know, it's funny. Like, I look back now. I knew him when he was that awkward kid in Al-Qaeda that listened to metal. You know, he was like the <laughs> weird kid in Al-Qaeda. And he's grown up now, and, uh, man, that guy can fucking shred. Oh, I mean, I mean, he's... Oh, un- Fucking believable. And, 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 and to think about, you know, how good he's going to be. Like, give it another, like, fucking five years or so. I can't even imagine. I mean, I mean yeah, no, I, the, sky, the sky's the limit with that kid. I mean, he, that that's a gold mine. You know, you know? Every, every time he's here, you know, I, you know he, he's, he's a kid. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have money. So when he stays with me, I take him out to eat. I take him anywhere. And he's always so thankful. He's always like, thank you, man, for buying me this. Thank you, you didn't have to, this and that. And I always tell him, don't worry, bro. You just remember me when you're famous because I don't want no money. Just throw me some of them groupies, bro, and we're going to call it even, man. And he is going to get it. I wish I had talent so you'd take me to Denny's, but... (laughs) Oh, wow. But no, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Ryan Taylor rules. And he's going to be on the Joe and Gully show, so tune in and check out what Ryan's got to say. Yes, friends of the show. That's that's a great fun show, man. Uh, all right, what else we got? Uh, oh, D. Snyder's bitching again. Oh, what's he bitching about? I love uh, D. Snyder. He, he's, oh, I, he's becoming Paul Stanley now. I, I I love D. Snyder, dude. I love D. Snyder. You know, we and we do have an upcoming Twisted Sister episode. Yeah. He he was kind enough to do an uh, an ID for the podcast. I love D. Snyder. But he's bitching, it's the same shit like, the you know, he's bitching about, uh, what's the guy used to be in fucking, uh, uh, Doug Aldridge, uh, you know, he's used to be about in. about him again? Well, it, it, it's, it's the show that he's in, it's called Raiding the Rock Bowl, and, uh, what, what really makes this come off as sour grapes is it's very similar to a show that D did in Vegas that got shut down, I mean, just due to lack of ticket sales. He had a show called Monster Circus that was, uh, like, Rudy Sarzo was in it, John Karabi, Fred Curry from Cinderella, Bruce Kulik, Tony Montana from Great White, where they did all the songs of the 80s. Well, the show didn't do so well, got canceled, 
but now they have a new type of version of the show. It's called Raiding the Rock Bolt. And uh, he really takes issue with how it's described as uh, 90 minutes history of the classic rock performed by the members of some of the greatest bands in history. Uh, but he feels that all the people that are in it now were all people that joined bands like, you know, they were big 80 bands, you know. Then they all have, like, replacement members in the 90s. You know, it's people like uh, uh, Doug Aldrich, uh, Aldrich, Mark Bolas from uh, Ingve and Dokken, and, uh, you know, a guy from Starship you never heard of, uh, the new singer from Last in Line, uh, Robin McCauley, Hugh McDonald, Paul Sorrentino. You know, it's all, like... And that's it's, it's 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 less caliber of right thing, right right. What's he it's bitching about. I, I, it's gonna do worse probably. But well, what he's mad about is that, okay, uh, like say Doug Aldridge, he's like you know of White Snake, you know, and he's pissed because he's like he is nothing to White Snake, you know, and he's saying uh, you know Hugh McDonald is nothing to Bon Jovi, and uh, you know the the drummer from Hurricane isn't the original Hurricane. They, look look, they don't even allow you in the photo session. You know yeah. D. D, don't, you know, you know that's the kind of shit Sammy Hagar does. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, You're exactly. better than that. You're better than that. And you know yeah. what? You know, something that D. Snyder said that was even more controversial now, because all this shit's really nothing. What he said that was very controversial, and it, it, at hearing it, you're like, fuck, dude, that's pretty cold. But then when he capped it off, was was uh... Oh, about Joey Franco? No, I mean, about, I, I, about, about, about AJ. AJ, I'm sorry. He, like... AJ dogged AJ after he died saying this is what happened you know but the fact is he was doing it because he was just so mad that oh, yeah. he lost his friend oh I, I I saw I saw right through that I knew that was just coming his heart was broken yeah man and, and, and he was like you know because it was kind of the same thing with Dio you know uh people were really mad because Dio was not the type of guy to go to the doctor uh, oh, this this will pass, and he's mad because this you know his great friend, this incredible underrated drummer, is not here because you know he didn't go and get checked out. Yeah, and, and there's no reason. I mean, I went and did it a couple years ago, and I'll tell you what, I was scared shitless, you know. But I knew like, hey, dude, you know, like last year I turned forty, I was like, I'm at that fucking age now where I gotta go and get checked out, you know. And nobody wants to do I it. I hate doing it, but I do it three times a year. Yeah. You know, three times a year, I go and I get I get blood. You know, uh, one time every year, I get a finger up my ass. I mean, it's just part of fucking life. You know, hey, you know, I love life. So, what's a, what's you know a couple hours of inconvenience for you know a couple yeah. more decades on the planet? You know. You know, I, I mentioned this before, and it's funny because this person posted on our Facebook page again. We've had a couple, like, spam people join that, you know, want you to buy Ray-Ban sunglasses or some right. kind of shit. Well, there's this one guy that his shtick is every once in a while he posts this thing about uh, cancer and, like, signs to look for, like, cancer prevention. Uh, I have no problems. If that's your spam, that's great. Hey, if one guy clicks on it and says, hey, you know, I have that symptom and goes gets checked out and it's fine. You know, and I've mentioned this before. I think that's great, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't begrudge... Uh, you know, that, that stuff, like, people will cut it into sections and make it look worse than what it is. What it is is his heart's broken. That, uh, you know, he took a lot of pride in that it was the classic lineup and all that stuff. And now this incredible drummer is gone who maybe didn't need to be gone. You know, maybe, you know, early detection could have saved this. And uh, AJ did have a history of heart disease in his family. So him, more than any others, should, you know, 
checked out. You know, and if you I, got a hit. And I even that. saw it more as, you know, fuck my band member because, you know, obviously Twisted Sister is kind of like a nostalgia act. You know, he can, he can you know, he can live, he can go or, or, you know, he's always been talking about retirement. So it's not really, it's a big deal to him. What's a big deal is that AJ was a friend. And right. when I did see D. Snyder solo back in the, when they first reunited after 9/11, he came down here after that show in New York, and who was his drummer? AJ Perro. Yeah. I, I mean, they were they were friends, they were buds, and you know, and you know, it's sad. You know, JJ French even said AJ Perro was the only guy in the band that's not an asshole. You know, <laughs> so it's a shame, and I love AJ, and I wish I could go see that benefit show they're hoping so oh. let's just cross our fingers that they do a tour and you know at least play new orleans so i can go over there oh yeah 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 don't fucking hold your breath for that unfortunately the only time i, I i'll ever get to see him it was that fucking horrible I, I shouldn't say horrible but it was the christmas album tour right. so you know they did like five songs <laughs> off of that that should have been regular twisted sister songs but it was still incredible when they did play the actual twisted sister stuff but uh yeah, so, you know, and actually in reading this article, I don't know if he's saying this again or that their stories just get read. You know, sometimes they just bring up stories. He has apologized to Doug Aldridge. Yeah, you know, but saying then he, he goes he, and he, does this. Right, but I don't, that's what I'm just saying, though, about this. I don't know, you know, as I'm reading the story on Blabbermouth, did somebody just reprint the story or did he actually come out and say it again? It's kind of iffy, uh, you know, the way it's written, you know. But if he did come out and say it again after he already apologized, it's like, wow, let it go. Yeah, but uh, a guy I really respect, and it's kind of like yeah, yeah. Don't don't be don't be Sammy Hagar. Don't be Sammy Hagar. Paul Stanley. I mean, yeah. Christ, you know? Uh, all right, another one, man. This is something I would love to fucking get, but it's hard to spend the money when I don't have a working record player right now. But they are re-releasing again on a hundred and eighty gram vinyl. The Aussie Years of Black Sabbath. And man, it looks like they really did a neat job on this. Uh, the reissue campaign is going to kick off June 22nd uh, with the release of the self-titled Paranoid and Master of Reality. A week later, it's going to be followed by Volume 4, Sabbath, Black Sabbath, and Sabotage. And on July 13th, they're going to release Technical Ecstasy and Never Say Die. Uh, I have the Aussie Years uh, box set that came out in like early 2000s or whatever and that was the one where they you know they went from the original tapes and that was the greatest i've ever heard oh you're talking about the cds yeah oh, no, yeah that's, that's exceptionally awesome oh man that was a lot of times you get remasters <coughs> that that really it's just a oh, no. it's just a money grab no. and some that black savage i heard shit that i've never heard and i've been listening to these fuckers my whole life well i could tell you this uh, and even more impressive than the CD box set was the Rhino uh, remasters of the vinyl. I mean, dude, I heard... You have that? Yeah, I have it. Oh, and, wow. And, man, I played... You, you know what I did was I put on Master Reality, my original pressing. Then I right. put on Master Reality, the 180 gram. There is a huge difference. You know, I remember I went to a, a record store, a record convention. And, you know, there are these record nerds there. One record nerd says... I don't like 180 gram because it just sounds too perfect. It's like, really? That's a bad thing? You know, yeah. I, I like this, I like my music to sound kind of shit. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I to, to me, and unfortunately, I, I mean, I have, a you know, an okay record collection, uh, but I haven't had a, uh, a, a record player in about five years. But 
to me, I've never heard anything better than good vinyl on, on a good turntable. To me, there's nothing. It blows the fuck out of CDs. The only thing I've heard come close to it is a flag file. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Ralph. No, I've heard about it, though. That is oh. the best sounding. Oh, it, 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 night, night and day difference. And the way I discovered that was I got a Black Crows album. That I know you hate Black Crows, but uh, it was a double album. But you got it. You got the first disc as a CD, and then they gave you a, uh, you know, this little code, and you could either get it in, you know, 320 MP3, which is the highest grade MP3, or as a flag file. Well, I was new to computers and doing that kind of shit at the time, and I fucked up and erased the 320. So I downloaded the flack. Oh my night and I mean, it's also like fucking you know two three times the size of a file, and like you know iPods won't play flack files. You have to use a separate player. Uh, you know, and I think that's the only reason it's not it it hasn't really taken off is there's not like a huge format that plays flack files other than a computer. Uh, but oh my god, what a sound! Like if they ever come out with something. Everything that I have on my hard drives, I'll erase it and get flack versions of it because uh, incredible. You know, I I do consider myself an audiophile as much as I can afford. Uh, but man, I would love to pick this shit up on vinyl. You know, but uh, right now I, I'm not going to spend the money since I don't even have a record player. I got to buy get a record player and a home stereo first. You know, but. Well, uh, what I was uh, and I, what I was talking about earlier about the the Rhino reissues, the 180 gram, man. I, I, you know, like I said, it sounded better, but also I heard things like when I put on uh, Never Say Die, I heard this little noise during Johnny Blade that I was like, what the hell is that? You know, I mean, it's still really low in the mix, but I can hear it. Yeah, I put on the, the, the original pressing and I heard it too, but it was way, way lower in the mix. So yeah, I had to really like listen real good. You can kind of hear it, but the 180 gram, it, it it just picks up, I guess, because the grooves are thicker. They're using their original tapes, so. Right. Well, uh, yeah. So if if you can, man, if you got a record player and you got the means, man, go on our Amazon link and buy that, cause that's gotta sound awesome. Uh, let's see. Another news: They just released uh, Ghost's new album is coming out August twenty first. Another it's... singer. Yeah, yeah. Papa's three. So, so, so I guess uh, every album's gonna have a different singer. Every album's gonna have a different singer, but I mean, it's a running joke. Everybody knows it's the same guy. But I, I what? dig it. I, Are you serious? Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know that. I no, no, it was it's a different dude. <laughs> no, it's it's the same dude. But it's like you know how there's always a different pope, you know, and he's like the satanic pope. There's always they, they, they change. Like they're saying, you know, this guy will be Papas or Papa Three, and, and he's saying it's his three month. Uh, younger brother, you know, his younger brother by three months. You know, it's a yeah, it's a joke. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. awesome. I was kind of yeah. disappointed. I was like, why do they keep changing singers? Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's a it's a gag. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's called melora or melanoma. I don't know what the fuck. I you know. I don't uh, know. I'm hoping it's better than the last one. I really love the first time. I can't yeah, get into the second one. Yeah, the the second one, while it was a grower, I think it definitely uh, suffered from the sophomore slump. And I thought maybe it was, you know, they came over here, they got American producer, who uh, Nick Razmanulas or whatever, you know, he's done Rush, he's done Foo Fighters, he's done some other shit. He's a decent producer, but uh, there was just something too slick, but it, you know, sophomore slump has happened to a million bands. But the new producer, yeah, he's a producer from, he's a, uh, 
you know, from Sweden, you know, where they're from and shit. But I think he's like, he produces like a lot more like pop type shit. So that's a little bit scary. But uh, I got faith in him, man. They came here on the last tour and w- were blown away. My old lady, she'd never heard one fucking song. I'm like, trust me, you're going to dig this. Man, the show they put out, they sounded great. They looked visually, it was an incredible show. Sonically, it was incredible. I fucking dig Ghost. Fuck the haters. I like it. It's something different, but it's something old at the same time. Yeah, uh, they played down here once on a Wednesday, and just so happened that Monday was when I had to go to the hospital and stayed there for like a week or two. Yeah, and that's why I miss Ghost. When they played here, it was like a who's who in New Orleans. Like everybody I knew that was it that's in the scene here in New Orleans was at that show. Like people I'd seen forever. Like holy, you know, everybody came out for that. It was a fucking event. Uh, oh, the new the new version of fucking Skid Row played in uh, Tempe, Arizona, and uh, holy shit! You heard uh, it. Uh, I, I haven't heard it yet, but I've heard the fan reaction. What is and it? It's, well, it's kind of half and half. Really? Uh, yeah, some people really love it. They're like, you know, if we can't have fucking Sebastian, uh, you know, this is the next best thing. Uh, but the whole other half were like, hey, can you keep it fucking down? It's league night. We're trying to fucking bowl here, you know? Ba-dum-ba! Nobody gives a fuck if it's not Sebastian. Wake up, Skid Row! No, man, there's actually like 12 people. I'm, I'm interested, man. Oh, I am. I'm, I'm a big fan of the last two EPs. I really am. I love them. I, th- I thought you didn't like the first one, but you liked the second one. No, no, you, you, no, no, you're wrong. I never said that. What I oh. didn't like was Revolution by Numbers, whatever. Yeah, Revolution per Minute or whatever. And half of Thick Skin was lame, too, but it, had, it, yeah. it did have some great songs on that one. But this, this, this last two EPs are fucking phenomenal. And they're going to make a third one. And I like Tony Arnell. I've always been a fan of TNT. Uh, and uh, I look forward to it, you know. So. I, I, I don't, you know, like, I, admittedly, I'm not big into TNT. I know ten thousand lovers in one. I hate that song. But you know, you know, like, like to me, it's like, oh, you know, hey, that's it's just regular cock rock, nothing great, nothing. It, it, it sounds you know, like third, third rate cock rock. To me. Actually, listen to uh, Night to the New Thunder. That was more of a heavy metal album. Okay. Uh, Tell No Tales has its moments, but yeah, it has that ten thousand lovers. But and I, then I, after I, that, I didn't care. I, I like the Ten Thousand Lovers. I just think it's like it's definitely third tier. You know, yeah, it's not. Know, ten, it's 10, not Doc. It's Kingdom Come. Ten Thousand know? Lovers to me is cock rock. You know, where listen. But to, I uh, I love the cock. Listen rock. to De- Deadly Metal or you know Seven Seas and stuff like that. It's like more more my speed. You know, so him joining Skid Row for me was, hey man, you know I want Sebastian Bach more than Tony Arnell. I want Sebastian Bach to collect the rest of the world. But it ain't gonna happen. They hate him. Right. I mean, it's so I, I, fucking obvious. I know, but what sucks is like you know, it's like with I mean, maybe he might be a dick, but Skid Row with anybody other than fucking Sebastian Bach, it'd be like if fucking uh, Freddie Mercury was still alive, but they just won't get back with him. Well, I agree. You know? I agree with you. And to bring up another story related to Skid Row, uh, I saw like a week ago or so. The drummer actually came out and said that he's been trying to get Sebastian and Rachel Bowen to talk. Right. But he always says that Sebastian has to fuck it up and say right. something stupid and piss off Rachel, Rachel Bowen. So the bottom line is, hey, look, man, um, they 
they don't care about money, and I applaud them for that. It's like me going back to that fucking uh, Guns yeah, N' Roses chick. But he, here, yeah, exactly. it's not gonna but happen. I don't want. I, I never want to date her again. Here, here's here's my thing though. If you really, really don't care about the money, then go back to calling yourself Ozo Monday, or don't call it fucking Skid Row. If you really want to change it that fucking much, then change the name. You know that that's my other thing with a lot of people like. Hey, if you got the fucking balls to stand behind with your new music, if you really believe in it that fucking much, change the fucking name. You know, at least Paul McCartney had the balls to call it fucking Wings. You know, he didn't call it the fucking Beatles. Because yeah. it's not the fucking Beatles. I mean, I agree with you to an extent, but then, you know, a financial point of view, nobody's going to know who the fuck Ozone Monday is, you know? Right, no, 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 I know what you're saying, but they keep, they love to brag about how we don't care about the money, we're rich enough. Well, if you really don't care and you want to break yourself from Sebastian so much, then change your fucking no, I name. Don't, I don't Cause, think... Because as long as you're called Skid Row, people are going to want to see Sebastian Bach. I, I agree with you, but I don't think it's about money with these guys, you know? It, it, it is and it isn't. It, you know... Because, uh, honestly, I think... I think what they're doing is, you know, they're just like, hey, look, we're, we, wrote, we started this band, we were around before... Uh, Sebastian Bach yeah. he joined and, us and, and we wrote all the fucking songs right. you know I mean we are and I, I think that's where it's a clash between uh, that I think is a true problem between him and Rachel Rachel I think it's a total ego thing yeah Sebastian Bach might be a dick but I think Rachel is so mad that people want Sebastian Bach back that he can't fucking handle his own ego won't let him take it back because it would be like giving up and saying yes we need Sebastian and I don't think Rachel will do that no, but, you know, I see the, you know, it's not as ridiculous as Guns N' Roses. Uh, they still have three original members. They don't have the drummer and the singer. Gee, what other band that went on without the original uh, drummer and singer? Hmm, let me think. What's that band, that band that's like my favorite band ever? You know, so, uh, you know, whatever, man. Let them do what they're doing. I dig it. I, you know, I know a lot of people don't. But whatever, I, I did those two EPs, and I'm looking forward to the third one with Tony Arnell. Hopefully, it kicks as much ass. Hey, yeah, coming to the you know the barbecue rib pit strawberry festival near you with Ty Keto, uh, you know, Skid Row. Yeah, that's fine. There you and, go. And, and next week, Sebastian will be playing there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, now let's get into this week's review, where we're going with. Uh, the German, the most popular German metal band in the history of metal, I believe. David yeah. Hasselhoff? No, I said metal. Oh, okay. Not black metal. Oh. Yes, I am talking about the Scorpions. Let me hear you with that one like a You ever notice <laughs> Klaus Mein says that live? He's like, he's like, <laughs> And people are like, yeah, the Scorps, man. You gotta love the fucking Scorps. Well, at least I gotta love them up to a certain period because I've kind of lost track of them. They kind of like, I don't know. Whatever. I feel like they blew their load many, many years ago. But boy, what a load it was, man. They were coming for years with quality heavy metal. And uh, this album is no exception. I am going to talk about what I consider their best album. Yes, I know... It's not the most popular, best album for everybody. Uh, I am more of a fan of the 70s stuff, but something about Love Drive, man. Maybe it's because it was the first album I heard from them. 
maybe that's why, but it's the only Scorpions album uh, that I know that um, every fucking song I love off it. I love every song off of Love Drive. I can't say that about my second favorite Scorpions album, Taken by Force, which has my all-time favorite song, Sales of Karen. Sharon. Sharon, I'm sorry. And, uh... Uh, Virgin Killer, Rules, Fly the Rainbow. I love all that Uli Raw stuff, you know. Um, and, you know, then there's Lonesome Crow with Michael Shanker, and then the rest with Matthias. Um, I love all that stuff all the way up to Love at First Thing. Then after that, yeah, I can do without the Scorps. But whatever. Everything before, uh, what, what was that one? Savage Amusement, whatever the fuck that was called. I love that album. Yeah, that <laughs> album's right when it ended for me, man. That's when it was like, pfft. I waited four years for this crap or however long it took. I think it was four years, right? That, that, yeah, that was my first Scorpion studio album. Mine was Love Drive. So oh, that, well, look at you. That just shows you how I'm superior to you when it comes to the Scorps. No, that's because you're fucking 72. <laughs> 71. <laughs> anyway, um... How I discovered the Scorpions. It was 1980, and I was in Germany. That's right. I discovered the Scorpions while I was in Germany. How crazy is that? Um, that it actually makes a lot of sense. It's weird, because I went to Germany uh, to see my brother, who was stationed in the Army. Me and my parents went to Germany. I was a little kid. Your brother was a Nazi? No, actually, you know what? And I'll tell you a little funny story. While I was in Germany, I, it was the first time I ever got drunk and saw porn was in a Germ- Germany too. Was we went to a bar. Uh oh, here come the Scheiße. Yeah, we, we went to a bar and we got drunk, and all these Germans were like asking me so much about America. They were so interested in me, and I am a little kid drinking beer, getting drunk, and they were the coolest things, but. A fight broke up later that night because some guy said some shit about Nazis. And those Germans do not like Nazis, believe it or not. I mean, I'm talking back in 1980. I think it was even 79, actually. Um, actually, I was there for New Year's Eve, so it was 79 going into 80. And Germans hate Nazi jokes the same way Terrence hates pedophile jokes. It's a little too close to home. That was Godzilla, not me. Hello. The guy that protects you, Terrence. <laughs> He's the good guy. That's fucked up when Ian's the good guy. Be anyway, here all week. Try the veal. Anyway, so... Uh, uh, my brother, there's a few albums I discovered. Yeah, speaking of Terrence, one of the albums I discovered in, in Germany at the time was Crime of the Century, Super Tramp. Oh, shit. And I love that fucking album. Call me a nerd like Terrence. I don't give a fuck. I love that. I love Hiding Your Shell Asylum. Uh, this is a great fucking album. Anyway, that album, Frank Zappa, Sheik Your Booty, which oddly enough, I, Hell yeah. I bought today at a record convention. It, I've been hunting for that vinyl forever. I finally hunted it down today. Sheik Your Booty was another one. Um, Gamma 2. I don't know if you know that band. Oh, yeah. I know Gamma. With uh, Ronnie Montrose. Yeah. Yeah. Discover- with, with, with a good singer. Not Sammy Hagar. Yeah, exactly. And these are... I'm telling you, these are the albums I discovered while staying with my brother in Germany. Because my parents went to France. 
and left me with my brother. That's why I smoked hashish. I, uh, I, I got drunk. He, they took me to a porno theater. I saw the talking heads. Nice. Was, yeah, while I was there. Um, and, uh, and another album that was in the collection that I listened to there was Love Drive by the Scorpions. So those were the four. Actually, there was another album from a band called Status Quo that I couldn't get into. They tried, you know. All right, enough about the Scorpions. Tell me about the porno. Uh, the porno was wild, man. It was two chicks sucking this guy's dick, and I was laughing my ass off, and we got kicked out of the porno theater because I was laughing too hard. There was two girls fuck, sucking a guy's dick in the bushes. That's all I can tell you about that. I was drunk as fuck. It was the first time I was ever drunk. I was drinking out of what... What do they call those things that was, like, made out of... Stein? A beer stein? No, not a stein. It was, like, made out of cloth. Oh, man. I can't remember what it was. It was made out of cloth, and it had a little, like... Um, like a purse. It was kind of like a purse. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it had apple schnapps in there. It was schnapps, uh, whatever uh, the fuck. I got yeah, I got fucked up on that trip. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Alright, fast forward, like, I don't know, like half a year later or so. I'm obviously back in America. And I go see a concert, which is Ted Nugent, Screen Dream Tour. Nice. With opening acts, Pat Travers... On the on the crash and burn tour, and I'm talking about Pat Travers with goddamn Tommy Aldridge on drums. Yeah, yeah. Where I saw Tommy Aldridge do that the drum solo with his hands. First time I ever saw a drum solo in my life because it was one of my first shows ever. And when I say boom boom, you say out go the lights. Hell yeah! And the opening act was the unknown band, the Scorpions, and I was like the only guy that knew the Scorpions because I own Love Drive, but. They were playing at the time uh, the zoo on the radio. So people that the show knew the zoo. You know, the, um, Animal Magnetism. It was a man, Animal Magnetism tour. I didn't own Ma- Animal Magnetism. All I knew was Love Drive. So, and we had pretty close seats. Scorpions came out. I can tell you what they played off Love Drive, which was Love Drive. I remember they opened with that. They played nice. another piece of meat. They said, nice. I can't get enough. Nice. Uh, loving You Sunday Morning and The Zoo. I know they did more songs, but I can't remember. I didn't know the songs at the time. So, yeah, and they went over really well. And that's why the Scorpions became pretty quick, uh, you know, because the Scorpions were an import band. And it wasn't until... You know, Love Driver, I guess, uh, Animal Magnetism, they were picked up by Mercury Records. And, yeah, from from Animal Magnetism, was Animal Magnetism, Blackout, and then fucking Love, first thing, they were headlining, you know? Which I never, I didn't see the Blackout tour, by the way, because they didn't come to Florida, but I did see Love at first thing. Anyway, I don't know, that's about all I got to say about the Scorps, bro. So, you tell us your Scorpions... How you busted your scorpion's virginity. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, in hindsight, I didn't even know it when I heard it, but I would say uh, the first scorpion song I ever heard was No One Like You. I remember hearing that on the radio and liking it, but I had no idea who it was. I was so fucking young. Um, you know, and then seeing the video for uh, Rocky Like a Hurricane was all over MTV in 84. And what an awesome awesome cheesy ass fucking video that just reminds me of 1984 when it was all about like you know 
Scorpions and Motley Crue and, you know, and Prince and Huey Lewis and Bruce Springsteen. I mean, and that shit, you know, first, I first got MTV in 1984. You know, it had been out for a couple of years, but where I lived in the burbs, you know, we got it 84. And that was one of the songs that was all over. But for one reason or another, I never bought Love at First Sting. My first Scorpions album was Worldwide Live. Uh, you know, I bought that on cassette and fucking loved it. And it was a cool overview, but I mean, it, it totally erased the, uh, you know, the 70s history of Scorpions, which I wouldn't know for many years later. Uh, my first studio album uh, was Savage Amusement. And I'll, I'll never forget, and, and I'm really ashamed to fucking admit this, and it makes me feel horrible. But I remember going to get uh, an outfit for my eighth grade graduation, which, oh my God, I should post the pictures. It, it's straight out of Miami Vice. I got like a tiger jacket with a pink shirt underneath, and my sleeves pushed up. And, and, and I got, uh, my uncle took me, uh, my beloved Uncle John, who's since passed away, took me to, to, to buy that outfit, and I bought uh, the horrible Van Hagar OU812 and Hey, I, I was oh. trying. I, 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 I was hoping it would work out. It oh. didn't. But I'll tell you what, in hindsight, I still have two things. <laughs> I still have that suit, and I still have fucking uh, Savage Amusement. I got rid of OU812. But, uh, but I, I, I love the Scorpions. Uh, you know, I kind of gave up on them, though, after uh, Savage Amusement. I know a lot of people gave up on them with that. But uh, I like that album. But, man, by the time Crazy World came out, and fucking, I thought Teasing and Pleasing was like, eh. And then When to Change, I hated it. And uh, I, I haven't bought any Scorpions since then. Uh, if anything, I've gone back and rediscovered 70 Scorpions. Yeah, which, which I think is amazing. Oh yeah, a- amazing. Probably my favorite era of Scorpions, the Uli John Roth era. Mine as well. But we're not talking about that shit. Well, we kind of are because we're talking about an album that came out in 1979. But to me, this album is, you know, it, it, it's a mixture of the 70s and the 80s, and this was the transition era album. And what an amazing album it is. We're talking about 1979's Love Drive. Yes. And let's start with the opening track, which is Loving You Sunday Morning. You take oh, it. Holy fucking shit. Is this a great fucking track. I fucking love this song. And this is, it, it is, there's a little bit of both, in my mind, both Scorpions on here. There's there, there's a 70s element and there's a total 80s element on this song. And, and they blend perfectly on this song. Amazing, amazing fucking track. Uh, which the riff of this song, it may not be original, but I'll tell you who definitely ripped it off, and that was Helix with a song I love called Heavy Metal Love. But uh, I, listen, listen to this track and then listen to Heavy Metal Love and you can see where it got ripped off. But truly the superior track is Loving You Sunday Morning incredible one of the scorpions best awesome way to start off this album what do you think ralph it's a mainstay on the set list too ever since this album i believe because every time really? i've seen the scorpions since it's always been on the set list. i have never seen the scorpions live okay i i can i can count maybe in one hand because i haven't seen the scorpions many times 
Like I said, the Ted Nugent one, I saw the love at first thing with Bonfoni opening. Uh, Actually, the first time I ever heard of Bon Jovi was that show. I went in early. Let's check out this Bon Jovi band. I I almost saw they did come to New Orleans, but they played this venue that was, it's not a good place to see a rock band because it's a performance art theater where there's seats. And to me, I hate, unless it's like an arena, you know, there's rosy, you know, it's like, it's not, you can't smoke. You can't drink. It's not conducive to rock and roll. It was the Scorpions and Rat uh, on what was supposed to be the Scorpions' farewell tour. And they wanted way too much money to see them at a shitty venue. I passed. Well, but I saw... Hi- oh, go ahead. Sorry. In, in hindsight, I, I wish I would have saw them because I'm afraid I may never see the Scorpions now. But anyway, I totally cut you off. You no, tell me about- no. The Scorpions are back together. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I know, but the chances of them coming back to New Orleans, because I, I think this show did horrible, but I think it had a lot to do. There, there's a place here called the Mahalia Jackson, and and it's a theater. It's like, okay, if you're going to see a play or a comedian, it's it's a good venue. But if you're going to see a rock concert, like I, I, I went and saw Blondie there, and you, you, you laugh that I saw Blondie, but you know who I was there with? Was fucking uh, Jimmy Bauer <laughs> and and uh, and uh, God damn it! Oh no, I feel it. and Pat, the bass player from fucking Down. Uh, I, I saw them there, but uh, man, it's just, it's not conducive to rock and roll. It wasn't a great environment. So after seeing that, I was like, well, I'm gonna go there to see Scorpions, but it's not rock and roll. I'm not laughing, by the way. I like Blondie. No, I no, I love Blondie too, but I know some of our audience will laugh. But you know what? I was there with some fucking metalheads. Well, uh, I, like I was saying before, I was really interrupted. That was me. Yeah, I saw Love at First Thing, uh, Animal Magnetism. Then I saw that the reunion where they finally came back with the Monsters of Rock show, which was Savage Amusement, but they were good. They were good. Other than the Savage Amusement songs, I think they only played like. Don't stop at the top and rhythm of love, maybe. The rhythm of love. I love that song. Yeah, that's it. That's all they played. Then I never went to go see. This. They they've been down over and over again, but I, I would always skip the Scorpions because then you know, I would hear teasing, teasing. Uh, we are whatever that dark album was. Um, Alienation. I know a lot of people like that one. I couldn't get into it. Then I saw them open for Motley Crue and destroy Motley Crue. Uh, that was a really good show. That was Motley Crue when they had Samantha Maloney or whatever her name was. Oh, drums. yeah, yeah. Wasn't that... Oh. Bad tattoo. New tattoo. The new tattoo. Really? Yeah. See, I thought, that, I thought that was when they did that uh, tour with uh, Anthrax and Megadeth and no, Motley Crue. No, no, no. Uh, you're right. I'm sorry. It was Randy Castillo. Uh, new tattoo wasn't out yet. Okay. They had Randy Castillo and they played um, the Scorpions open and fucking destroyed them. They were great, but it was oh, a, it was a horrible album though. Eye to Eye. Yeah, I've heard that's very bad. I've never. They heard played it, but... only one song from that album that night, and the rest was yeah. They also played Tease and Pleasing, but they didn't play uh, uh, the Winds of Change or. Uh, Really? Yeah, they didn't. All they oh, did, that's awesome. All Lucky. they did was the classics. The only nice. the only downtime was uh, was um, Tease and Pleasing and that new song, Unbreakable, or whatever the fuck it was called. Other than that, it was all classics, and they fucking destroyed 
Motley Crue came out and it was they were owned they were owned by the Scorps then the last time I saw him was with Rat the show you were talking about the farewell tour which was great it was cool but Rat was horrendous now, not not so much the band but Stephen Pierce he's like has to be one of the worst frontmen ever want to get into oh wait we already got into the songs right we loving yeah, you yeah. Su- loving you Sunday yeah. morning did I tell you what yeah. I felt about that song tell me more oh yeah I just said it was part of a set list I didn't really get into it I love this song yes it's a great song but my only little gripe about it is uh the placement on the album is not that great I don't know I don't, I don't feel like it's a good song to open an album um but that's just me I, I love drive with a better better song I feel you know I like come out and then then loving you Sunday morning to you know to because it, it, it is a hard rock song but it has a, a, a mellow vibe to it you know what I mean that uh yeah, 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 yeah. cool <laughs> shit I love that shit and you know and also listening to all the previous Scorpions albums Love Drive is the first one where it's like you know Klaus Mine is getting a hold of this English finally you know yeah that's what I, you know I, I get that vibe where he's finally getting used to singing in English because remember uh, uh Speedy's coming yeah <laughs> you like Ringo Starr <laughs> Ringo Starr well, you know, back back then, and and while he was in the band, uh, Herman Z. German Rebel, yeah. the drummer, wrote a lot of the lyrics for the songs because he had a better grasp on the English language. Well, there you go. I did not know that. That's, that's yes. There's a fact. So learn something every day. I didn't know that, Ian. Good, good. True, true story. Well, I love the song. It reminds me of my brother a lot. My brother loves that song. Actually, when he would call me, that was his ringtone. Um, he introduced me to the Scorpions, actually. And, uh, yeah, it's a great song, and I love it, you know? I mean, I'm not saying nothing bad about it. I just feel like the placement's kind of bad on the album. But, I, go ahead. I, I hear what you're saying. Well, we might as well go into a song that would have been the oh, yeah. perfect, perfect way to open up this album. Yeah. And that is, oh, my God, another piece of meat. Featuring Michael Shanker on lead guitar. Rudolph's brother. Yeah, yeah, Michael Shanker finally wised up and realized he was wasting his talents at fucking UFO. Eh. And and fucking left. And uh, he came back to the Scorpions for a very short time. He's on three tracks on this album. And this is the first one. He plays lead on this. And what an amazing all-time fucking Scorpions classic. Uh, wow, I love this song. Interestingly enough, I, I really like a cover that Vince Neil does on this song on his uh, album's Tattoos and Tequila. You know, you're funny enough, I heard that for the very first time, like this week, because I got Tattoos and Tequila, and I put it in my iPod, but I never listened to it. And my iPod's in my car, like on shuffle, and that song came on, I was like... That was really fucking kick-ass. Yeah, I, I thought he did a great job on it. Who, really? Who's playing guitar on that? Oh, good I, shit. Oh, I, can't, I, I know, but I can't think of right now because I'm drunk. But, uh, but yeah, really good cover. But, you know, let's get to the Scorpions. Yeah, but but I have to add, it's not as good as the Scorpions version. That's no, 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 no. But but I'll tell you what, as far as covers go... Yeah, he did a good your, job. It's, it's very respectable. Uh Man, all-time, all-time great fucking Scorpion song. I'm going to take a bathroom break. You talk about why this song's so awesome. 
This song fucking rules. There is a, I feel, a sequel to this song. They try to redo it again on the next album. Was uh, Don't Make No Promises Your Body Can't Keep. That's a cool tune, too. But it's just, they, they really took, they really made uh, uh, another piece of me kind of like the blueprint to that song. But yeah, man, that, see, here's another thing. At that time, like, you know, around an Animal Magnetism, Blackout, the Scorpions were kind of like the underground fucking everybody that was into underground metal. Love the Scorpions and songs like Another Piece of Me and, uh, you know, I Can't Get Enough, Blackout, Dynamite. That back then was like hardcore heavy metal. We're listening to it now. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like now that we have like death metal and all this stuff, it's nothing. But believe me, back then, this was like the most insane metal that was around and um, another piece of meat like magnifies extreme heavy metal of that time and this is 1979 and yeah man the the song just fucking rule and god is it fucking ageless timeless I still listen to it and it's as awesome as it was from 1970 how many years is that 35 already or something? Yeah, something like that. Ridiculous amount of years. 36. Fuck yeah, man. Um, Gotta love it. Gotta love fucking another piece of meat. Go to the next song, Ian. Alright. Next song, Always Somewhere. Uh, Holy shit. I thought this was Simple Man when it first started. (laughs) Listen to this song. Listen to the beginning of this song and then... uh, just think of Simple Man by Leonard Skinner, because <laughs> it's almost the exact same opening riff. But I do love this song. Great song. This is the only song on the album that has uh, lead guitar by Rudolph Schenker. Normally he plays uh, he plays the rhythm, but on this one he takes lead with Matthias Jabs playing uh, rhythm. Great song. Uh, might be my least favorite but that's not a slight on the song in any means because it's a solid fucking album but yeah definitely reminds me of Simple Man but an awesome song what do you think Ralph uh you know what actually I I really do love this song and uh I feel like this was the last good um no no actually I take that back I really like when the smoke comes down but other than that man I don't think the Scorpions have made a ballad this good since I love, really? I love this song. Always Somewhere is a great, great song. And also, I mean, to me, it's really um, Claw's Mind that makes it so good. I'll be back to love you again. Just the way he sings that shit. And I, I think I said this in a previous episode, and I'll say it again. Claw's Mind is one of the greatest heavy metal singers ever, or greatest singer period ever. That a lot of people take him for fucking granted. That you're going to see, dude. When that guy dies, everybody's going to be like, he's going to be on everybody's top ten list. He's going to be on people's main pictures on Facebook. People will fucking finally wake up. What a great fucking talent that guy is, man. What a voice. One of the best singers ever, man. I put him up there with Dio. I put him up there with Hoffert. And I put him way above Dickinson. That's right. You're love fucking his his voice is fucking amazing and he still has an amazing voice oh yeah and what's crazy when you think about it is uh when they were recording blackout he had those vocal problems 
and they started recording that album with fucking uh, Don Dockin. Yes. Because they didn't know if he was going to recover. And look at how long ago that was, and he's still going strong. And, man, as much as I love fucking Dockin and Don Dockin's voice once upon a time. No man, way. You, no way he you, could you, come close Yeah, to yeah, no way. You always want to hear Klaus Mine when you hear Scorpion. Yeah, that was during Blackout. Yeah, I remember that. And they thanked Don Dockin on that album. Yeah. And he, he he did sing uh, background, yeah, on, on a few songs on that album, and I believe on uh, I could be wrong, but on Love First Thing, I think he did a little background vocals too. I wonder if any songs from Blackout featured Don Dockin doing uh, lead vocals is is somewhere. You know, I you know I haven't seen it, but I would love to hear it. I'd love to hear him do Blackout. You know, because, I mean, Don Dockin, at one point in time, did have an incredible fucking voice. He did have a good, but still, I mean, I can, I bet you anything, if, if it ever becomes leaked, that we could hear him do, like, Arizona, or or when the uh, smoke comes down, or blackout, what, you know, dynamite, you'll hear it and you'll go, yeah, you know, it's cool, but it's not no yeah. fucking cloth, man. Oh, exactly, exactly. So... Uh, I love it. I'll go into the next tune. Next tune is... All a, right. I don't have the album in front of me, but that shit's in, engraved in my fucking brain. I know what the next song is. It's Coast to Coast. You're right. A song that they always play live, and it always goes over so well live. For some reason, that vibe, that instrumental. And Claw's Mind even plays a fucking guitar live to this, man. They all get... They all stand in front of the stage, bass player and the three guitar player... They're all jamming to it, and it always goes over so fucking well. And Matthias, I feel, is kind of underrated. I mean, well, a lot of people do love him, but I feel he's a little underrated because, you know, he's got a hell of a, sh- a shadow over him. Michael Schenker and Uli Roth, which, in my opinion, is way better than Matthias, but that doesn't make Matthias any less because I think Matthias is a solid fucking player, you know? But unfortunately, it's Shanker doing the solos on this. But when Matthias does it live, I have no problem with it. He does it well. So uh, Coast to Coast, to me, is a classic that remains in the set list for a reason. Because it's a great, great live song. It goes over fucking awesomely live. And I love hearing the studio version. I just love this fucking album. Have I mentioned that, Ian? I think you said it once or twice. Oh, I love this fucking album. Go ahead, tell me what you think about it, and when you're done, flip the fucker over. All right. Ah, oh, man. Coast to Coast. This is the second lead by uh, Michael Shanker. And the one thing I could never figure out is why this is an instrumental. Uh, because normally when I hear instrumentals, um, I, I, I think of a song where there's a reason it's an instrumental maybe because musically it leads off and it's not as you know repetitive to where it comes back to where you could have a chorus or anything like that it just goes off in a bunch of other directions and that's why you know they keep it the way it is this to me would have made a perfect song with vocals because it has a structure that goes back and forth and it comes back to it again and and it's incredible don't get me wrong i love this song but I'm really surprised it's an instrumental because this could have been an incredible fucking single. Uh, it, totally an identifiable riff. Uh, maybe I, I, maybe uh, Herman Rarebarrel was having a brain fart that day. I, I, I guess I don't. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not complaining 
by any means. I, I love it. I just, to me, it's weird that this doesn't have vocals because to me it should. But it's it's a great song. Before great you song. flip it over, let me know when you're done. I want to ask you a question. Go ahead. Are you done talking about Coast to Coast? Yeah, go ahead. Um, do you know anything of the drama with Francis? Because I know they really hate his ass. Okay, I know. This is something that I've tried to look up a lot. By the uh, way, Francis is the bass player. Yes, yes. Who is playing with Michael Shanker. Both him and Herman Rebell are playing with Michael Shanker right now. Really? Yes. He has, he has a band, he calls it now Michael Shanker's Temple of Rock. They've put out a couple albums. And for the last few years, uh, Francis Blanche or something like that. I can't pronounce his fucking last name. Him. Next and, time and her- you burp, that's how it sounds like. Exactly. And Herman Rebel are his rhythm section, uh, which I believe probably creates some tension with his brother and the rest of the band. From what I heard, he handled the finances of the band. And uh, they feel like he really ripped them off. And I know he he created a uh, a business that does all the lighting. I want to say for bands, like he started the company, and they you know contracted out. They did a lot. They did the Scorpions, of course. They did a lot of other bands. They were one of the bigger like lighting companies for rock bands in, in the mid to late '80s, early '90s. Might even still be going. But basically, I believe it had to do with what the Scorpions considered was embezzlement. And, and, and that's why he left. I think they kind of found out some shit that, uh, you know, the numbers weren't adding up. And he's like, okay, bye, <laughs> you know, and, and left. And, and stayed out of the music business for years and just worked on, on this, this uh, company. And the first thing he did since he left the Scorpions was playing with Michael Shanker. Uh, Herman, I believe, on the other hand, just got tired of touring, and that's why he bowed out. Well, and I know, I know, he's still in good terms because he showed up on that incredible, highly recommend. Oh, Scorpions, yeah, oh, that DVD yeah. fucking rules. Oh yeah, Uli comes out, Michael Shanker. Oh yeah, that's a great. Hey, if you're listening to this, buy that motherfucker using our Amazon link. That's right. Highly oh, rec- yeah, yeah. Oh, if you want show. any Scorpions uh, visual, that's the one to get. I don't think it's right. on Blu-ray. But God damn. Uh, I think, I, oh, it might be. Well, I don't if it know. Is, if it is, I'm going on the Amazon link All right. and buying it because I need that on Blu-ray. Just to make sure, buy it on DVD first. And if it's on Blu-ray, rebuy it using our Amazon link. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to do the Blu-ray because I already bought the... But unfortunately, I didn't do it on the Amazon link. I also want to say, just to get off the subject for a second. Okie dokie. See if anybody can prove me wrong. I don't think Blu-ray scratch, skip, or freeze. Somebody proved me wrong because so far, I've never had a problem with Blu-rays. There you go. That's my Blu-ray plug. There, there you go. So somebody check that out. Grab, you know, grab a Blu-ray, try to scratch it with a knife, put it in your player. If it doesn't work, rebuy that Blu-ray using our Amazon link. Well, I think they should first use the Amazon link to buy that Blu-ray, then knife it. And if it wor- does work and they fuck up the Blu-ray, go back on the Amazon link and buy it again. See, you're the brains. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so, uh... I lied, Ian. I'm going to flip the fucker over. That's right. Side two. What? Man, let me tell you something. This song. Now, you want to talk about a song that should start a fucking album. Hell yeah. It's this one. 
Hell yeah. This song is like the pummeling riff in the beginning of the song. If that wasn't enough, the awesome, I mean, I don't know how much you cannot add a cooler vocal than Klaus Mine going, ah, to that riff. It's just, look, I'm, look, man, look, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about this shit. I see it. I Hair see is it. fucking coming up. Oh, my Lord. I can't get enough. Is such a heavy metal pummeling makes me want to fucking stomp on people's nuts Hitler style. I can't get enough is a song that I just can't get enough of. Only complaint: it's not 50 minutes long. That's it. What a great song! Heaviest as no, another piece of meat, maybe a hair better. better. But goddamn man, I can't get enough rules and. May I add, that was the closer when I saw them on uh, the Love at First Sting tour. They closed no the, shit. They closed the show with that song. Wow. And if, and if you want to see an insane live version, look at the... I'm sure it's on YouTube. Watch them do that shit at Us Festival. It's insane. When, like, at the end, they all... They did it when I saw them, too. They get in front of the stage, and, like, Claus is, like, scraping his... Microphone across the guitar. They're all rolling on top of each other in front. Just fucking going ape shit, man. That song fucking rules. I can't get enough. Solid heavy metal. I give it on a scale of 1 to 10. A fucking 73,000. Oh, this is an awesome fucking track. So fucking heavy. Uh, and this is... I, I can't call it killer filler because there's nothing filler about this. This is what I call just a great album track. Uh, amazing. And yes, this would have been a great opener. You know, this or another piece of meat would have been a better way to open up the album. But, oh my God. Uh, you know, quick to the point, heavy, amazing. Uh, you pretty much summed it up. A great track. I think that's amazing that they closed with this because it's not, you know, it was never a single or anything like that, but... If you know this album, you know how fucking incredible it is. Yeah, you know, and it's cool because when we left the show, we were like out of breath. You know, you imagine they just kicked our ass for an hour and a half and they come back out with that. All right, you guys, you know, we figured the show was over, but they came back out and they hit us with that song where it's like, oh shit, now we're going to try to catch our breath. I heard people die during that tour. (laughs) Well, then you go into the next track, which, uh... Reminds me of my pick of the week the previous week, which is The Police, uh, with the song Is Anybody There? Kind of got like a little reggae, almost like police-like vibe to it. I love the diversity of this track, and reminds me of 70s rock, you know, because there's a lot of 70s albums, you know, by all kinds of bands, Kiss, Black Sabbath, everybody... They could always have like a weird song that, you know, didn't sound like everybody else. And it was okay. Like nobody judged it. It was just like trying something different where I think by the 80s, it became very much a formula where too much shit would sound alike. Uh, But this sticks out like a sore thumb, but in a great fucking way. Uh, I love Is Anybody There. An amazing track. And, uh... It just keeps the album interesting for me, you know, by changing it up. What do you think, Rob? I gotta say, look, um, I don't know how to pronounce my favorite 
Scorpion song? Sales of Charon? Sales of Sharon. Sales of Sharon. That's my favorite. My second favorite is this one. No shit. My favorite song off the album. I can never get enough of this song. Wow. I love the fucking lyrics. Laser Illusion. Just, I don't know, everything about this song. There is a fucking lip sync video, which is cool on YouTube. Them doing this on a TV show. And they also, I believe they do this unplugged on their Unplugged album. I could be wrong, but I know I've seen this do them do this Unplugged. Unfortunately, never seen them do it live. It is my fa- my second favorite Scorpion song. It was my favorite back then. I mean, I love that and Another Piece of Meat were my favorites. But there's something about, is there anybody there? It's just, it's amazing, man. And yes, my favorite track off the album. Again, every, the whole thing. I love that solo, too. That, you know, it's like, Everything about this song is fucking perfect. And yes, it is a left field. It's reggae. With some heavy guitar and amazing killer vocals. And uh, yeah, I have to say, my favorite song off the album. No uh, shit. Yep. And then we go into the title track, which again, Hell yeah. again oddly uh, placed. I don't, I don't think it should be placed there on the album. But yeah, what a great fucking song. The opening track of when I first saw them, uh, when they opened for Ted Nugent, they opened up with Love Drive. I bet that was a great opener, though. Ooh, yes, it's an amazing opener. Amazing fucking song. And like I said, if I had this whole album, I said there's not one bad song. Every fucking song I love to death. The only thing I can say bad about Love Drive, if we had to stack up all the songs on here probably be at the bottom but doesn't that sound like I'm saying something bad about it no I'm just saying this album is so phenomenal that this would be my least favorite on it and it's still an amazing song it's still a solid 10 and it has the Steve Harris type bass and it's heavy and it's fucking it's just awesome love driving by the way I also forgot to mention which it's obvious I mean everybody should no, uh, since I I own this album and I my brother hand me down that album, which he bought in Germany. I do have the original version with the gum on the chick's tit, uh, which I love. Scorpions, another thing. Scorpions album covers are always so weird, you know, like uh, Animal Magnetism. It has like some chick on her knees, where the guy's standing over her and a Doberman looking. And he's got a beer. He's got a Heineken. I love that. <laughs> and you know, and I remember this was uh, this is a funny thing, a uh, funny quote. It was on the, the Morton Downey Jr. show. Remember Morton Downey? Oh hell yeah! Zip it. Well, they had a, they had a, an episode about you know pornography and rock, and this guy stood up with the album, and he said, "Look at this. It's a girl on her knees with a guy standing over her. I mean, what do you think this is?" And Morton Downey goes. I look at that picture and I'm like, you unzip that thing, my dog here is going to bite it off. <laughs> you gotta love Morton. Anyway, uh, but you know, I love it, but I'll tell you the one thing I fucking hate is that Virgin Killers album cover. It's so disturbing, man. The little girl with the cracked mirror near, near her vagina. I hate that fucking picture. It just makes me feel queasy. You know? Yeah, uh, I, I hate it too because... You know, the glass is broken. Like, I can't see. Oh. They're trying to show. That's horrible, Ian. No, yeah. I, no, no, honestly, I'm, I'm not saying this to sound politically correct or anything like that. 
it's kind of disturbing. It's like it's it's like, why is this an album cover? No, no, no. I I agree. It's wrong. The same way I get freaked out when I see the Blind Faith album cover. Yeah, the little the yeah the little tits on uh, the redhead. Yeah, call, right? it, yeah. It's it's like come back when you got some titties, honey. Yeah, it's it, like oh, this girl's not even developed. You know, it's like. Let her be yeah. like, you know, 18 or something. What's up with this? Yeah, it just, I, I, I don't know. Until they grow proper, it just looks like, you know, like a skinny fat boy. It's, I like, it's like looking at a green mango. They were ugly titties. You know, ugly. Who wants to look at a green banana? You know, would you eat a green banana? No, you eat it when it's yellow. So uh, like, like, great, Rodney, like, 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 great, great analogy. You know who would eat a green banana? Who? Ted Nugent. Yeah. No. I think you know who loves the Virgin Killer album cover? Ted Nugent. Oh, I thought it was going to be a different person. No, 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 no. You know who likes the cover of Blind Faith? Ted Nugent. How about Steven Tyler, man? Jimmy Page. Come on. Those guys did the same thing. Yeah, but even more fucked up than them? Ted, Ted Nugent. Nugent. <laughs> well, anyway, uh... Where, you know, I mean, I, I own Virgin Killer, the vinyl, but with the one with the band. on, And I remember growing up, everybody's like, hey, I got the original. I was like, you sick fuck. You know, I if I had that album cover, I'd put a paper bag over it, man. I, I, I would never, and plus, buying it, I'm sure it's expensive. It's like, fuck that. It's a great album, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, when I first got it, um, I got it on cassette. And I had, it, you know, the one that... Uh, you know, has the band on the cover. Yeah, yeah, that one I have on vinyl. But, but I did go back and buy the vinyl with the original cover. You know who I bought it from? Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent. <laughs> <laughs> that heard, fucking pedophile. I heard that, that the cover was sticky. Yeah. All right. You know. I want to talk about Love Drive. God Wang damn Dang's Young Poontang. That's right. Jailbait, baby. Don't put the cuffs on me. Put them on her, and I'll share with you. All Another, right. That's an album we need to do. Is fucking intensities and ten cities, guys. Yes, it. yes. All right. Tell us about what you think about uh, this song. All right. I love Love Drive. Uh, amazing. This is the last track with uh, Michael Shanker on lead guitar, and what a good job he does. Uh, excuse me. Um. Dude, great title track. This is another one that's in contender for uh, could have started off the album. Um, just everything about this song is good. It, it, it's catchy. It's rocking. It's short to the point. It's amazing. I love Love Drive. But fuck it. Let's get into the last track, which, uh, man, everybody knows this goddamn song. And that is Holiday. Uh, I like this song, but uh, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's because he mispronounces holiday and says holiday, and Holly's my ex-wife's name. No disrespect to uh, the artist formerly known as Mrs. Wadley, uh, but uh, I don't know. Th- this this reminds me of where the Scorpions lose me. Uh, because they became a tale of two bands. They got these great hard rockers, but way, way, way too many ballads. But they do do ballads well. But in my opinion, way too many of them. 
And, you know, the beginning of this song, it's all right. I much prefer as the song goes on, you know, when it starts, dun, 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 you know, it starts building up and shit. And uh, it's it's a great song. I'm just really, really burned out on uh, on Scorpion's Balance. Even though they do them well, I, I, I'm a hard rocking guy. I, wa- I want the rocking songs. But it, it is a great song. I just... My problem is, a lot of times with Scorpion, it's like, eh, it, it just became a ballad band. But it, it's all right. What do you think of Holiday there, Ralph? Fucking love the song, man. It's one of prob- probably my favorite uh, ballad by the Scorps. Um, I guess, you know, because I'm biased because it was my first Scorpions album. It reminds me a lot of my brother's first wife, who was German. You know, he lived with her when I went over there. And um, I ended up with a picture of her topless. And I, I always remember her topless. Beautiful girl. And uh, that song reminds me of her. It also reminds my brother of her. Um, did, she, did she have big titties or did she have no. gross little virgin killer titties? No, they were uh, they were A cups. But, you know, I mean, they were nice full A. They were, per- uh, they were, they were oh. perky. They were nice. Uh, there's like, nothing perky. There's nothing perky about an A cup. Borderline B. Yeah, and that's why it's his first wife. Well, yeah. Well, he cheated on her. That's why she left his ass. Anyway, um, also she. Yeah, he, he probably cheated on her with a girl with real tits. You know. No, man. Hey, man, stop it, man. She was all right, man. She was a cool chick, man. Uh, well, she should have bigger tits then. And when my brother would bang her, she was really loud. Because <laughs> we'd be hanging out, me and my little friends. We'd be hanging out, my brother would be banging her, and she's like, Oh, Maddie! That reminds oh, me of oh, that reminds oh, me of holiday. But like oh, did she did she did she speak in German when he banged her? Because yeah. I, I that's one thing I love about the German language. It's very violent. Every, everything you say in German sounds mean. And I and I and I like that. So it must must have sounded like a grudge fuck. Well, no, but it was hot, whatever it was. But you know, going yeah. back going back to the song for a second. Um, Holiday, I hated when they played it live because they never did like the whole song. They would always stop it right before the part was waiting for the sun. The and, best part. Yeah, they would always stop the fucking song during that part, and usually go into like "I Still Loving You" or some shit. You know, yeah. I don't know. I have, to, I have to look at the Worldwide Live. That's how they would always do it back then. They'd stop it and going to another song but when I saw them the last time on the so called farewell tour they did do finally the, and I didn't expect it they did the fi- the full version I was like when they stopped I was like alright what are you going to do now and then when they went into waiting for the sun I went crazy I was like holy shit they're doing it properly for once I love it when they do shit proper. I hate it, like we've talked about this before. Yeah. I hate it when Pantera stopped doing da- uh, domination. Domination, and yeah, and hollow, and they, and they mixed it with hollow. I hate that shit. Yeah, me play too. the play the whole fucking song, goddammit. Mm-hmm. I hate medleys. Medleys suck. They yes. always sucked. You know, unless you're gonna do a full song in medley form, like one full song after the other. Don't do medleys, please. Yeah, medleys yeah. suck. Yes, I have to agree with you. Unless, let's say you know, uh, you know those bar- those songs you're burnt out on were medleys. That'd be cool if they condensed 
songs that you don't like. I want you to want me, but you know everybody wants to hear that. You know. Yeah. Anyway, so that that brings a close to our Scorpions uh, thing, and like you know what we should do at the end of the show, give a little recommendations. Me, my favorite is Love Drive, but taken by fourth close second. Virgin Killers, I love. Um, what else is there from the Flight of the Rainbow? Is that all yeah. the only stuff? Am I forget? Of course, the incredible Tokyo tapes, which that was where you should yeah. start. That's oh, where yeah. you should start to hear. But Tokyo tapes does not have Sales of Charon. Sharon. Sharon. It doesn't have Catch Your Train, which is that's one of the best Scorpion songs too. Which, by the way, did you know Catch Your Train was covered by Van Halen in the Club Days? Yet there is no recording of it. I did not know that. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I read that they used to cover that in Bar Days, but man, there's no recording of that song, which is pretty wild that the Scor- uh, Van Halen covered the Scorpions back in the 70s. They also covered Budgie. Nice. Yes. That is available, though. I forgot nice. what Budgie song, but there is a recording of Van Halen doing a Budgie song. Anyway, back to the Scorps. Yeah, all the 70s stuff. Lonesome Crow is a little strange. If you want to see a bizarre video. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a crazy You know video. what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. It's very, it's very, what is, it, what is it? I think I'm going insane. I, something like that. I forgot the name of the song. Anyway. I can't remember, but it's the ones where they're like at, at like a. Yeah, like, like a. a running on a, a mountain or something. Yeah, it's like on a mine or something yeah, like yeah, that. And yeah, and Claus has like. A big ass beard and fucked up teeth. Yeah, but he does have hair. <laughs> yeah, but you can see that hair is about to go. You know, right? But uh, it's not a bad album, though. It, it, it's actually a good album. But I think that when Uli joined, that's when it really became the score. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, so this album, this came out February twenty fifth, nineteen seventy nine. Um, was their first album from Mercury Records. Uh, it was their first to chart in both the U.S. and the U.K., but it didn't go gold until 1986, after the Scorpions got real big, you know, at least here in the States with uh, Love at First Sting. Uh, this might have been their first, I believe, produced by Dieter Dirks, who did all their albums up through uh, Savage Amusement after this. The cover was amazing by Storm Thurgerson. Uh... That was banned. I, I know when I was first coming up, you had the, the the copy that had the actual picture of a scorpion and said "Love Drive" underneath. You know. Was, yeah, yeah. That's the that uh, my CD looks like that. Right. It was it was years until you know. At least now, if you buy the remaster, uh, they have the original cover on it. Um, and this was also uh, an interesting time for the band because right. Prior to the release of Tokyo Tapes, Uli John Roth left, and they got Matthias Jabs. But then, uh, like I said, Michael Shanker realized that Phil Moog is a is a horrible frontman, and he left fucking UFO. I disagree. UFO and, rules. And uh, Lights Out, Doctor Doctor, are good songs. Other than that, very overrated. Anyway, no, no it's not. Love to love, natural. Thing. Oh, I oh I hate love to love. Natural oh, thing. Ugh. Yuck. Anyway. Uh, Pack so anyway, it up and go. What the fuck's wrong with you? Anyway, so Michael Shanker uh, 
He's thinking about returning. He comes in, he plays on this album, so does Matthias Jabs. And they think about doing like a three guitar thing. And then they're like, well, fuck it. You know, let's just keep Michael. So they let uh, Matthias go. They start the tour. And then uh, it, it's apparent, you know, just Michael is just in no shape. You know, he's, he's fucking drunk as shit. He's missing dates. So they're like, okay, fuck it. Let's just get Matthias Jabs. So they, they take him back. And he's been there ever since, and rightfully so. Great guitar player. I, I, I though I do wish that he would have stayed because I, I think Scorpions could have been even better because of Michael's writing, yes, and and guitar playing. Of course. But I, I, I'm not trying to put down Matthias Jams because he is a great guitar player. I just think Michael Schenker would have had more of a presence and more of an impact on on, on the writing. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is obvious with his own writing. The MSG stuff is amazing. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure if he would have stayed in the Scorpions and if he had his shit together, Scorpions would have been a totally different band today. Right. But but Michael Shaker has always been a train wreck. Always. Always, always. And every time his career starts doing good, uh, uh, he always derails it. And he's got nobody to blame but himself. But he is an incredible talent he just you know he has a problem apparently now he doesn't drink or anything anymore uh but man it's a shame because he wasted what could have been an even more incredible career in my opinion um but that's that's what i got for this album uh what do you say we go to pick of the week go for it all right as always Ralph has no idea what the fuck he's going to pick. He's looking around at his fast. Every time, yeah, I should say this. Every time that Ian does his pick of the week and he starts talking, I look around at my collection and figure yeah. out figure out what I want to talk about. So go ahead, yeah. Ian. Go. Yeah, he has no idea. Well, so, I, you know, some of us have lives, Ian. You know, you have you sit at home thinking of your pick of the week for like 10 hours. I do it, I do it in 10 seconds. That's true. That's true. And and it shows. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, my pick this week is by what I think, and I know Ralph is going to hate this fucking shit. Oh, boy. But, uh, this is probably my favorite band of the la- last, uh, oh, shit, I'd say 20 years. Uh, I think they're absolutely incredible, but I know Ralph's going to hate this shit. I'm talking about the self-titled debut by Queens of the Stone Age. Hey, this is that metal station. Remember that. I love this fucking album. Uh, Josh Homme, fresh off of uh, Caius, their self-destruction. I, I, I love Caius. I love the stoner rock shit. And I think this is an incredible, incredible fucking album. They've done a lot of great ones since this, but this one sticks out like a sore thumb. It has a sound that I don't think any of the other albums have, for better or for worse. This is a unique one in the catalog. One of my all-time favorites. Check out the self-titled debut by Queens of the Stone Age. Ralph, do you need like ten more seconds, or did you come up with something? No, I got, I got something. All right. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, the debut album of uh, this guy that sold you the Virgin Killers album. <laughs> I'm talking about Ted Nugent. Yes, his debut album. Which features Stranglehold, uh, Snakeskin Cowboy, Motor City Madman. I mean, this album just 
rips from beginning to end. Yeah, I know some of you are biased. Some of you are biased and will say, well, I don't like Ted Nugent's politics. I think he's a loudmouth. I think he's this and that. So fuck his music. You know, you're not a music fan, asshole. You know, you, you, you're going to judge the guy other than his music. Now, if you listen to his music and go, well, I don't like this shit. He sucks. Then, yeah, okay, fine. But if you don't take the time to listen to Ted Nugent's first album, then uh, you don't, you, you, your opinion doesn't matter if his music is good or not because you haven't listened to it. All you do is listen to his political vomit babble, which I'm not too keen on. Some things he says I do agree with, but some things are just so offensive, even to me. So, you know. But, um, yeah. I think, you know, actually, if I mean, I know Ian's a big fan of Weekend Warrior, but I feel, Love that I feel uh, Ted Nugent really peaked on the first three. First album, Free For All, and Cat Scratch Fever, to me, is the best Ted Nugent there is. But then there's uh, Intensity Intensities, which is a shockingly killer album, which we oh, will, uh, you know, just a fair warning, we are going to review that eventually, because I think that is a really overlooked album, even when it was released. Not oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. He was definitely on the downside when that came out. But believe but... it or not, it did get a lot of airplay. I remember, you know what song got a lot of airplay from that album was Flying Lip Lock. Believe it or not. Anyway, um, my pick this week is the very first Ted Nugent album. And if you want to see how killer he was back then, there is uh, Old Whiskey... What's the name of that show? Old Gray Whiskey Test? Uh, oh, oh, whistle uh, Great Whistle, whistle yeah, Test. Yeah, Old Gray Whistle Test. There's a 1976 show of Ted Nugent during this era. You have to see this. This guy was fucking on fire, man. One of the best guitar players there is. There's also a YouTube clip of him during the Amboy Dukes Day on some public uh, PBS. Just sitting down playing guitar with this other guitar player. That's fucking phenomenal stuff. Forget Ted Nugent's politics and what he feels and, and what a cranky old bat he is today. Early Ted Nugent rules. The guy was a monster guitar player. Oh, another highly recommended album, Double Live Gonzo. Oh, great, great album. Amazing fucking album. You know, and another one, if you want to see Ted Nugent in his peak, uh, you know, on video at least, uh, was a porno he made in 1978 called My First Day of Kindergarten. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to get in the States, but... Uh, and, yes. and, and also be careful, because if you do purchase it, you might do time. Yes, yes. Uh, but... You know, so if you don't want to buy it, ask Terrence. He might burn you a copy. You know, because you might get in trouble if you use our Amazon link. I don't want to get in trouble for it. <laughs> Amazon so, would get in trouble, wouldn't they? So yeah, yeah. So just uh, got uh, friend Terrence on Facebook and uh, say, hey, burn me a copy of uh, you know, Crime of the Century and uh, my first day in kindergarten with Ted Nugent. Yeah, and he'll probably help you out. Okay, all right. All right, let's go into fan of the week, goddammit, right, shall okay. we? All right. all right, we got to talk about another fan. And, and I love this. This guy actually trolled a little bit for being a fan of the week. Like, oh, maybe someday I'll be fan of the week. Oh, poor baby. Yeah, oh, you Why don't we just call, call, call baby of the week? Oh, you got it, Peter DeLise. 
you were gonna get it anyway, but I thought it was funny. Oh, be fair to the week. But you know what? I love that. Thank you, brother. Because in all honesty, man, I, I fucking drink way too much to remember who has been fan of the week and who hasn't. But Pete, you definitely deserve it. I love talking to you on Facebook. You always got some funny posts. Uh, you're very active. You definitely fucking deserve it. But we've got to make fun of you for asking. But any others, not in all seriousness, if you haven't been fan of the week yet, you feel like you're getting fucked over, well, it's probably because Ralph doesn't like you. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't even, look, there's one guy, I don't even know his name, because you know, that's how much he, I, he matters to me. That one guy <laughs> that always has to attack me uh, every time I, I show my love for Ozzy and his stupid Bob Daisley bullshit, where we go round and round for like an hour, and then every time he says something, I... I contradict what he says. I prove him wrong, and he changes the subject over and over again. That guy sucks. I'm going to look for his name so he'll never be fan of the week. Fuck uh, that dude. Oh, Fuck I, him and Bob. I think that's your buddy V-Fart. No, not V-Fart. Yeah, yeah V-Fart, who hates Black Sabbath, by the way. Says <laughs> Black Sabbath sucks. And it's so funny, V-Fart finally figured out that, uh, you know, because this, this guy's so fucking stupid he can't figure out how to work a fucking podcast. He can only he can only manage to get on YouTube when his mom lets him come over and use the internet. But uh, he found out that that I'm Wadzilla, 1974 on fucking uh, YouTube, and, and you know he's like, oh, I didn't know you were Ian. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking Ian. I'm the co-host of this show, and you're a fucking douchebag. And fuck you and your whole fucking bloodline. I hope it all gets fucking severed. You piece of fucking shit. I but- love, I love that guy. Oh, fuck me, Fart. Oh, you do not love him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's a fucking piece of shit. He's, he's, he's my a, buddy, man. Oh, he's a fucking... Oh, oh, you love a guy who says Black Sabbath is total shit and overrated? Your favorite band of all time? I'm sorry, Skype is breaking up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I fucking thought. Anyway, Peter Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. You are the fan of the week. You got it, baby. You got it. Thank hey, man, man, for Pete, man. There you Peter. go. Peter. Hey, man, I was the one that told Ian to make you fan of the week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even know you exist. <laughs> anyway, let's go through all the pleasantries so we can get to some goddamn music. Of course, check us out at thatmetalstation.com. I hope you've all filled out for that fucking contest we're doing right now for the three CD giveaway. And then after this, there's going to be an even bigger prize pack. As long as you people start showing some support. I want to see some more people signing up for this contest, goddammit. Please check out thatmetalstation.com. Of course, go on to fucking iTunes. Leave that review. We need it. We need it. If you've tried it and yours hasn't showed up, try again. Remember, you can't cuss on the iTunes review, but it's very important to the show. If you have an Android device, go on podcast.com. If you want to listen to that metal station and you're on an Android device, get the TuneIn Radio app and just type in that metal station. Because if you ain't listening to this shit, you ought to be listening to metal. You know? And fuck God, don't be stealing that music. You get your ass on Amazon.com. Yeah, don't be like Ian. Yeah. Oops. You fucking go on Amazon.com. Use our link. Yes, doctor? You have something to say? Oh, I, I also said, if and anybody out there that has a dildo, shove it up your ass. Okay, bye. Yeah, go ahead. All right. (laughs) 
So anyway, and then check out the other links. Of course, there's the great links to, to Rouse Two Bands. There's the link for that, MetalStation.com. Uh, there is the YouTube page. This is something we forgot to mention. Hey, for new listeners, go check out that YouTube page. Thanks to Terrence Reardon. Yeah. Your butt, Ralph. Yeah. Your fucking buddy. Yeah. We can't post anything new on the YouTube page for six months. Or maybe your buddy, yeah. fucking Terrence, turned us into the fucking caps. You know, wait, wait, you know, wait a second, Ian. What the fuck, dude? You're the one that's been protecting Terrence so much before the podcast. Now, all of a sudden, see, this is the thing. In the beginning, Ian hated Terrence. And I protected Terrence while he was on the show. Then, when Terrence, like, wished us heart attacks, I started to hate Terrence. And Ian became his buddy. And then Ian was the... Ian Ian even let him on the goddamn page. The Facebook page. People are asking again, why is... Ian Ian put him on the page again. After he left, Ian added him again. Okay? So, dude, you're just like me. We're fucking insane for Terrence. I'm I'm a complex person with mixed emotions. I'm a guy who likes to tell people put dildos up their ass. But... That's why Enough we roll. about your mother. Let's get into some goddamn music, shall we? Hey, wait, wait. All right, okay. All right, sure, man. Let's do it. Now I'm going to go back to the 70s. Okay. That's right. With uh, somebody that's not very popular with everybody, um, Ted Nugent. But Oh, like, God. Yeah, whatever, man. I, I had... Uh, I, He's popular with with the kids. Yeah, well, you know, I, I had him as a pick of the week, and I made my little spiel like, hey, man, if you hate Ted Nugent's music without even listening to it, then you're an idiot. I mean, listen to it and hate it, okay, fine, but you're going to not even listen to it and judge him by his verbal vomit, then, you know. Uh, I, I love his music other than Damn Yankees. And this right here is a great example of how killer he is featuring the incredible... Derek St. Holmes on vocals. This, to me, is a real deep track. And it just fucking rolls. One of my favorite songs from Def, from Def Leppard. I almost said Def Leppard. Wow. Fast Eddie Shark, Def Leppard. What the hell? Um, Ted Nugent. This is off the album Cat Scratch Fever, track three. This oh, is yeah. Death by Misadventure.
yeah, Gonzo. Ted Nugent with Death by Misadventure. Now Ian's got something to play. Oh, hell yeah. You know, well, while this has nothing to do with fucking little children, it is a great fucking track, and this is a cover of a great 70s song. Ralph, I know you're not on board with this one, but I think this is an awesome cover. I know a lot of our listeners think this is an awesome cover. This is off the New Order Testament with Nobody's Fault. Why? Why the fun desire? Mind 
That was testicle. I mean, testament with Hello. No, nobody's fault. If you want to hear a good version of it, listen to Aerosmith. Oh, your opinion. Sorry, your opinion. I just don't like that. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I like that high-pitched Stephen Perry. You know, the thing is that I was raised with that song. Then when I heard Testament do it, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And here's another little tidbit for you. Testament's never played that song live. Interesting. I saw the New Order tour. They didn't play it. Maybe they did play it at some point, but never have I seen them play that. And I've seen seen them on the New Order tour twice, actually. All right, let's go. I'm going to play something a little obscure. But a lot of people out there that if, you know, like dedicated metalheads know Metal Church. Oh, yeah. Well, that first Metal Church album is flawless. It's an awesome album featuring the amazing David Wayne on vocals. Now, what some of you may not know, he did have another band. No, I'm not talking about Reverend. I'm talking about he had a band called Wayne. Never heard this. This is really good. Wayne and the album's called Metal Church. Wow. The album cover is like it, it's the it's the, actually the Metal Church's first album, but kind of like a distant view of it with a guitar, but you see like this big mansion in the back. As I understand, when this was released, Metal Church was really pissed at him for you doing think? this. Yeah, yeah, they were really upset that he released this. This was after his reunion with Metal Church. They released an album called Masterpiece. Which I, I, I kind of thought it was a masterpiece of shit, to be honest with you. It was a big disappointment. And then he went and made this. This should have been the Reunion Metal Church album, if you ask me. This album rules. If you can get it, get it. And this will convince you how good this, uh, this album is. This is, song, this is a song called The Choice.
David Wayne with his band Wayne The Choice off the killer album Metal Church highly recommend it uh, before we go into your next pick you you know how you know what's how bizarre how David Wayne died you know the story behind that oh uh, I heard I can't offhand I can't remember I'm a little bit buzzed he had a refresh my memory he had a car accident right and okay. he survived he hit his head real hard or something and he had eternal bleeding that wasn't detected. Ooh. And he lasted, I think, three weeks after that. Ouch. And he died on his porch. They found him on his porch. Oh, that's sad. And it was results of an eternal... Maybe it was some kind of eternal injury from the car crash that wasn't caught when he was in the hospital. So, what an insanely killer voice that guy had. And his other band, Reverend, was also cool, too. They had an album called The World Won't Miss You. Highly recommend it. All right, Ian. So, what is your pick now? I don't. I don't, I just want to say though that was a great fucking song. I'm glad you turned me on to that. Yeah, you I, I think you should. I think you should cover that on your new solo album that's coming out called Dire Thrash. Hey. <laughs> anyway, let's go into another awesome track by a band I don't think gets enough attention. And this is an album that gets even fucking less attention than that because one of their founding members, Dan Loker, isn't on this album. But this is Nuclear Assault with the title track to Something Wicked.
That was Nuclear Assault with Something Wicked. That's when uh, they kind of like got away from the thrash and became a little more traditional metal, right there, Ian? Don't yeah, like... but but I, I, I still love it. It's, it's different. No, it's, but, uh... it's a good song. I mean, uh, yeah. and the album has its moments. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the album, but it did. I mean, that song right there I did like. And also... I... The... I, I don't I don't mind when they switch it up as long as it's good. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like the rest of the album has a, a lot of forgettable type songs, but it had its moments. That's one of them right there. Um, I'm going to go to a newer thrash band that's nice. way up your alley, Ian. You, you, you haven't heard them yet, but you're going to love them. All the, right. The, the, the name of the band is called Alcoholizer. Ooh. I know you like it already. Uh, I the, love it already. The name of the album is Drunk or Dead. All right. I, I, I picked Drunk. Yeah. And uh, the name of the song is Alcoholic Metal. Oh, sounds like a whip. All right, sit down because this, this is pumped. Here we go. This is Alcoholizer. <laughs>
All right, that concludes our musical portion of the show, and now Ian's got the last word. Oh, man, I hope you enjoyed this fucking episode. You think this shit was great? How about next week when we have TV great Barry Williams? Yes, Greg Brady. Wow. Yes, he will join us to talk about one of the most misunderstood albums of all time, Metallica's Saint Anger. Oh, God. Next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha! Thanks for listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. All rights reserved, Ian Wadley. Any use of this show without express written permission, I will give Terrence Reardon your phone number, bitch. <laughs> I love that.